Hello and welcome to another episode of our SDBC podcast. Today, Paul and I are joined by two guests and we're very excited to have them. Our first guest is Pastor Jordan Scott. Always excited to be back. He's been on a few episodes and we also have Dave Van Til, the chair of our elder board. And this is his first time on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today, the four of us are just going to discuss um, Sabbath and the concept of slowing and what the implications are for us as Christians in our everyday life and our work. So to start us off, let's just chat about uh, the, th- the theological significance of Sabbath. What do we, where do we see it talked about and modeled in the Bible? And what does Jesus teach about it? Yeah, I mean... I can start us off here. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, I have a few books that I've been reading, and I am reading currently talking about this concept. I'm actually taking a course on uh, Exodus and exegesis of Exodus and stuff like that. And of course, you get the Ten Commandments there in Exodus chapter 20, and that's where we really find like the legal kind of okay, we have to keep the Sabbath. That's the the place we get this idea. And Exodus chapter 20 is where we get a whole list, what we call the Decalogue or Ten Commandments. And as a part of that, um, this is a commandment that you find in that list. And it's it's sometimes called a hinge commandment because it's actually hinging the two types of commandments that you see in the Ten Commandments, where you see the first part is your relationship with God, and the latter part is your relationship with one another. And of course, the great commandment of love God and love one another that, that's kind of reflected in the Ten Commandments, if you really deep dive into it. Um, so this kind of hinge commandment that comes in the kind of in the middle, in between of those two commands, you see in verses 8 through 11 in Exodus uh, chapter 20. So let me just read that for us here. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So you get these whole um, commandments, right? The ten of them, and usually they're quite short right? You shall not murder. <laughs> um, and there's really not that much explanation to it. But in, in which case you can say that it's pretty straightforward, but it's actually not, right? Thou shall not murder while self-defense, war, battle, all of that. So it's actually all of the Ten Commandments, I would argue, probably require some level of explanation. And the Bible does take care of that in other parts of the Bible. Um, but in this list, this is the only commandment that gets this much real estate in this list, right? It's the longest one by far among all the Ten Commandments. And yet, in today's culture, um, pastors like Pete Scazzaro and John Mark Comer and many other pastors are critiquing our culture, saying that we don't do this well. We, we take the, the commandment to not kill and not steal and all those commandments very seriously. And yet, when it comes to Sabbath, it sounds like, oh, it's optional or hmm, it's great to have. But I mean, who has luxury for a Sabbath these days? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been a little bit of the rhetoric, both within Christian circles and just our secular world in general. So I think a lot of work has been done recently about Sabbath and tons of books are coming out about the importance of it and why we should go back to really observing the Sabbath well. Um, obviously, we don't want to talk about it in a legalistic sense, but I think there is uh, something to be said about renewing our fervor for keeping the Sabbath. Jordan, you have any other thoughts on this? Yeah. So just thinking about Sabbath as, as a, a hinge <laughs> commandment um, and why it's called a hinge commandment, 
the first three commandments deal with our vertical relationship with God. Um, and if you think about even in the context of how Jesus calls us to live kind of a, a missional lifestyle, um, the way that we're to live a missional lifestyle uh, is by being fueled by the power of the Spirit and being fueled by our relationship with God. Um, and how how do we get that? How do we fuel up, right? How do we uh, connect with God? Uh, it's time. And really, that's what Sabbath is calling us to. Um, you know, throughout the Old Testament, there's a number of different commands, and all of these commands are within the context of submitting to God in terms of His rule and reign in our lives and how He wants us to live, because He knows best for us. If you think about tithing, we're taught to tithe. So we're taught to give of our financial fruit. Well, Sabbath is in us giving our time to God. Um, and not because of just this idea of a law, but because really that's best for us. Mm-hmm. It's our time to intentionally connect and be fueled by God in order to then live out the other commandments, our horizontal relationships with others. We vertically connect with God in order to then horizontally live out whether it's the great commandment, love neighbor as ourselves, or fulfill the great commission. And when you really think about it in light of that, it does really challenge us with, wow, probably should be taking Sabbath. Now, obviously you mentioned the idea of not being legalistic about it, right? So I think there's freedom to to contextualize what Sabbath might look like for us, um, whether that's a full day for you or something smaller or, you know, whatever it is, I think it needs to be a rhythm in your life. Um, but it, and the important thing is that you're resting in God. Yes. I love your point about um, Sabbath being good for us. It's mm-hmm. not just this God who has these rules that wants to ruin our lives by making these difficult rules for us to keep. Uh, it's a God who created us and knows us more intimately, um, who has designed us with a specific purpose so that when we live according to that purpose and that design, we thrive and flourish most. And uh, I love that idea of the Sabbath being good for us because even in the New Testament, when Jesus engages with it in places like uh, Mark chapter 2, Matthew 12, we find that that the the Jewish people of Jesus's time, they were saying, hey, is it lawful for your followers to do this on the Sabbath? And yet Jesus doesn't go about the lawfulness of it. He actually points out um, in Mark chapter two, he says things like, well, actually Sabbath is for men, it's for people. It's for your benefit that God instituted the rule of Sabbath. It's not that the rule uh, or the people would serve the rule and be oppressed by it. And so he makes that point. And I think even in the word uh, Sabbath, it comes from a Hebrew word, uh, Shabbat, and it means uh, to stop or to seize or to complete, which makes sense for our understanding of Sabbath. But it also has in the Hebrew word, it also has this notion of to celebrate. So it's actually a great opportunity for us to pause and seize and complete our work so that we can celebrate our relationship with God. Like we read earlier in Exodus chapter 20, in verse 11, um, God says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. He's talking about how um, this idea of Sabbath is grounded in creation. It's in the very design, how God designed us. He made us so that we would need him and that we would need to rest because God is the only one who is self-sustaining. He's the only I am. And the rest of us, 
we need to learn to accept that we are not self-sustaining. We are actually very dependent and reliant on our God who sustains our lives. And an act of Sabbath and resting is an act of worship because we're expressing, God, we need you. We trust in you for you to sustain us, keep us, hold us. And we're not going to do it just by our own strength and power. We're going to work hard, and yet we're going to have this rhythm, healthy rhythm of enjoying you, celebrating you, resting in you. So Mm -hmm. I think it communicates worship. It communicates trust. I was reading through um, Pete Scazzaro, we've mentioned him before, Mm -hmm. his Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book. The staff was actually reading through this book together, Mm -hmm. and he talks a lot about Sabbath and different things that are part of the Sabbath. And like we mentioned, he talks about the stopping nature of it, the resting, but he also talks about the delighting Mm -hmm. that happens during the Sabbath. And this kind of goes to what you were talking about in your sermon, Paul, on Sunday, that this delight, this celebration, this joy is a characteristic of the Lord and also something Mm -hmm. that he has instilled in us and something that is a fruit of the Spirit. And so just thinking about how incredible that this concept of Sabbath isn't just for stopping, isn't just for resting, it's also for delighting in his creation and his Mm -hmm. people um, and in the relationships that we have. So that really stuck out to me about it. Yeah. And and obviously we mentioned Exodus 20, but in Deuteronomy chapter 5, there's another list of the Ten Commandments. And it's actually so similar to the first uh, set of Ten Commandments that some people might think, oh, it's exactly the same. But I remember reading a book and and the author there, John Mark Comer, he kind of mentions um, in his book, Garden City, he talks about how Deuteronomy 5 actually ends slightly different. I just read verse 11 in Exodus 20, where he talks about like, okay, God's grounding the Sabbath rule in creation. But in Deuteronomy 5, there's a different perspective about the Sabbath. And here's what it says in Deuteronomy 5, verse 15. It says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So this time in Deuteronomy, um, God speaks and says, you know, you're going to ground this practice of Sabbath in the fact that I delivered you from Egypt, that the work of deliverance was done for you. You never earned it or deserved it. It wasn't your work, your merit. It was my work, my redemption, and you get to enjoy it. So therefore, you will you will keep the Sabbath. And I think that's a fascinating way of thinking about it because so often we fall into the temptation of going back to slavery. And John Mark Comer in his book, he talks about how um, slavery is really uh, what the Israelites started off with in that story in Exodus, right? You get the story of them being enslaved and the the ruler, the pharaoh at the time, all he wanted with them was to put them to work. And the only thing he was interested in was the productivity that they would produce, right? And yet our God says, I'm different. I'm not, I haven't made you to be robots. I haven't redeemed you from Egypt so that you can just be robots and farm for me and offer me these things. Nope. I want a relationship with you. And going back to Jordan's point earlier, It's like, I actually instituted this so that you and I would relate well and that we would thrive in our relationship. So the Sabbath kind of reminds us how we are supposed to relate to our God. He's not just looking for our productivity, for us to be missional so that we can fit and meet some quotas and and work for him. He loves us working because he's a working God. And yet the primary importance is that we relate to our God and build a thriving and healthy relationship with him. And Sabbath is a key opportunity for us to enjoy that. So digging a little bit more into it, um, and Dave, maybe you can start us off with this one, but do you think that it's still important for us in our modern day world to observe the Sabbath? I would say yes, like more now than ever. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I mean, it's in, Paul, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the Israelites because 
they were delivered out of slavery, mm-hmm. but as soon as they um, had experienced some adversity, they desired to go back to slavery yes. and go back to that. And I think that's a little bit like where our culture is today, where mm-hmm. we experience adversity and we <clears throat> we think that we can work our way out of it. Mm-hmm. And there's this relentless um, pressure, I guess you could say, or expectation from culture to work and that if somehow you're not working or you're not productive, you're lazy. Yes. And I think that tends to sort of creep into, you know, into the church as well. And that, you know, I think sometimes we're tempted to almost redefine what work is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what, the, what that really ends up doing is it causes us not to have the, that, a sufficient amount of time to truly rest mm. and contemplate and celebrate you know, what God has given us and trust that that time is the most productive time we may have in the week. Um, And we just get it upside down a little bit. And it's just because it's this relentless expectation that we should be doing more. And I don't think within the church that it's an earning of salvation, but it's this, I have to keep up with, you know, my work in my position, or I have to keep up with, you know, making the mortgage payment, or I need a new Mm -hmm. car, or I need this or that as opposed to having faith, trusting that God will provide what you need um, and being okay with, I've worked hard for six days and now I'm intentionally not working. I'm intentionally taking time. Um, And I think that we do have to be very intentional about it because it's not just, okay, for four or five hours, I didn't look at my email. Mm. It has to be much more intentional than that. Yes, I totally agree. And a lot of pastors and authors and Christian leaders have been talking about this, just like you said. Um, it sounds like like we're repeating what Israel has done, right? Hey, God freed you. God is like the anti-Pharaoh, right? That's the term that John Mark Comer uses. God's like showing the Israelites, he's the anti-Pharaoh. Pharaoh enslaved you and God, God leads you to a totally different relationship. And yet he still puts you to work. You're still being productive and you're still being fruitful. But God doesn't want to treat you just as a slave. He wants to be your father. And there's so much more uh, depth in that relationship. And I love what he says here. I'm just going to read a quote from his book. He says, slavery is about leaving Egypt behind. About emancipation, sorry, Sabbath is about leaving Egypt behind. About emancipation from Pharaoh's suffocating rule. It's about freedom. So Sabbath is really an expression of our freedom in Christ, and we're celebrating that with the opportunity that God's given us. And yet, sometimes we're, like you said, we're back to slavery because of sometimes materialism, and we work more hours because we need to have more, and we can't we can't relinquish our desire to have more and more and more. And so that sometimes that forces us into a habit of restlessness, and sometimes we feel like that's where we find our value and identity. And therefore, we want to build up this hardworking persona or we want to make sure um, people approve of us so we work harder and we don't rest, whether it's to please our bosses or please people around us or our own spouses and family. Um, It seems like we're trying to look for our affirmation and approval from something else. And in the Bible, that's said to be idolatry and it it can creep up and be dangerous. So I think Sabbath recalibrates us to um, to do... more with God and his way of leading us 
to, to be in the way of freedom rather than being on that kind of rat race of this is how I'm going to earn value. This is how I'm going to be saved. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to work harder. And I think that creeps up in our society and also in the church. And I've been seeing it too. So I'm, I'm realizing maybe all these pastors and authors are writing mm -hmm. and talking about Sabbath for a reason. I think maybe we're seeing in this culture today more than ever that Sabbath is needed and we need to come back to the true spirit of Sabbath. Like what Pastor Jordan said earlier, maybe not a legalistic way of doing it, but an authentic expression of are we celebrating, enjoying, and prioritizing God mm -hmm. um, through the Sabbath? I think one thing that makes that a little bit difficult is um, how do you be an example of how to Sabbath well, mm -hmm. um, particularly from a pastor's perspective yeah. in that Sunday, you know, in all honesty, is kind of a work day for yes. you. Yes. Um, so the congregation looking for leading sees somebody who's working on their Sabbath day, but where do we see, you know, Sabbath being done well modeled for us? Yes. No, that's a good question. And it's a convicting question for me personally. Um, I don't do Sabbath well, uh, I'll be honest. And I'm a victim of, not a victim, I'm, I'm a cause of this culture that's run on busy, busy, busy. Um, I'll admit when I was younger, I did find my identity in it. Right? I, I was always the hardworking um, person. I was always go, go, go. I had a lot of physical energy to start with. Um, my Berkman scores say that um, I'm 99 on the physical energy scale. Um, but at the same time, I think at some point I did find value in the fact that people appreciated my work and the productivity that I had. And I, th that crept up on me. It wasn't like this desire, I'm going to be an idolatrous person. And yet, without really keeping it in check, it's so easy for us to follow the capitalistic ways of productivity and excellence in your work means you're valued. And if you're not producing as much, then you have less value. And I think um, just subconsciously, I bought into that lie. And once I'm aware of it now, even today through COVID, uh, workload and balance and managing uh, Sabbath has been very difficult. I've actually confessed to some of our staff and to Jordan uh, regularly, I need to do this better. So I'm trying to let people close to me know in order for me to be held accountable. And I'm trying to structure with Jordan and I, we're talking about policies, but even our own policies internally to figure out, okay, if, if my current rhythm isn't healthy long-term, how do I make amends to some of the rhythms that I need to build in? And so I have good teammates that help me with this. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I need to do a better job personally to lead well in this area, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but also, I, I feel like, Jordan, you do a good job of um, making sure that you're calling others out, but also yourself out when you're not keeping the Sabbath. So f let's go back to what Dave's been pointing out. As leaders in the church, as servants of, of this congregation, how do we lead well in this in the Sabbath way? Yeah, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, going back to Dave's comments just about culture's view of productivity and the the idea if you're not being productive in whatever you're doing, you're being lazy. Um, I think that's really where we, at, we have an opportunity uh, as Christians to really reclaim the, the concept of Sabbath and point people to its true meanings, uh, which is resting in God, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not just resting from work, period. Mm -hmm. That's not the point of Sabbath. Uh, and, 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 in the, and in that you get a really unique flip, which is from a Christian's perspective, we Sabbath in order to get ready for work, mm -hmm. not from work. 
which is countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone works, and then the weekend is hit. You're exhausted from work. You go hard on the weekend, and all right, I'll get back <laughs> to the grind. Sabbath is the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's a time for us in whatever, once again, right? doesn't have to be legalistic, but whatever your rhythm is, you set aside that Sabbath time to really rest in God, to be fueled by Him, to be recharged by Him, to then be a missional light. Um, and once again, if, if you put that into its proper context of submitting to God's rule and reign in our lives, and with the, with the foundation that this is best for us, because this is what God is calling us to, I think that then really sets us up for success throughout the rest of the week. And in fact, we could be more productive. And it's really interesting, um, whether it's Sabbath or just even Jesus's rhythms in, in the Gospels. Um, throughout the Gospels, you'll see him retreat to a desolate and quiet place. Mm-hmm. And what's he doing? He's just going to go and hang out with the Father, spend mm-hmm. some time in prayer, right? Why? Well, generally, it's right after probably a, a busy ministry thing or he's done some crazy miracles. Um, and really, he just wants to retreat be fueled by God, connect with the Father, and then continue. Uh, I think that uh, if, if you consider Jesus's rhythms and maybe you read through the gospel highlighting those things, I think you'll see some interesting ways in which Jesus, um, maybe not necessarily practicing Sabbath, but just that idea of being fueled by God in order to then move forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, for me personally, um, it's really important to have that Sabbath because it really does fuel the rest of the week. Uh, and especially during, you know, busy ministry seasons, which is when it can be hard. But that's why I think, once again, not to be legalistic, but why it needs to be a rhythm. Mm-hmm. If it's not a rhythm, oh, this week I'll skip it. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, it's been three months. Yeah. Why am I yeah. so angry? And why mm-hmm. am I short? And mm-hmm. why am I tired all the time? And it's like, well, okay, probably I've slipped away from practicing Sabbath. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's good. It's like, I think if you keep skipping and you you fall into that um, stage of missing it for a long time, I think what happens is you're running an empty and you're ministering out of perhaps your own skill sets rather than your trust in God and dependence on Him. And I think that does pose uh, a dangerous threat to our spiritual walk and even our mission as Christians. Mary, you're, you're the youngest one here, so I'd love <laughs> to hear your perspective, especially from your generation. Um, how do you guys view our society of busyness and stuff? Is there like a move to kind of fight against it or are they fully buying into this idea this is great we got to be busier where do you see yourself I think it's very much the same I think busy is best and you could argue that yeah there's this movement towards minimalism but um at least what I know of it that's a very external sort of minimalism Mm -hmm. so it's clearing out your house clearing out your closet all of these sorts of things but um at least in what I've read little emphasis on sort of internal minimalism Mm -hmm. in any way um but yeah, for me personally, I've been thinking a lot about Sabbath lately, especially with all the books that I've been reading. And one story that I read really made me conceptualize what Sabbath looks like and what is it, what it's meant to be in our lives, like nothing I'd ever read before. And it it um, it tells this story of blizzards in the Midwest and mm-hmm. how sometimes blizzards are so bad. I mean, I've never lived there, so I don't, I can't even. <laughs> conceptualize this, but just a whiteout blizzard that farmers had to tie a string from their front door to the door of their barn so that they could follow along it in order to get to the barn and back. Because if they didn't do this, sometimes the blizzard would be so bad that they would lose their way and even freeze and 
die because they couldn't make it back and how um, in the morning they were found like sometimes even feet from their front doors. They were mm. that close, but they lost it and they lost perspective and they lost grip of it. And so just imagining Sabbath and other rule of life principles as that string that ties everything together that you can, that, that allows you to navigate your life and process it and walk it with Jesus. And so um, Phil, my husband and I have been trying to practice Sabbath and it's hard. It is something that you can easily forget one week if you're mm -hmm. just starting out, but realizing the importance and how it makes, you know, it makes your life so much greater. Yeah. And, and again, trying to go back I and mean, a couple of things here, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh man, we all just have to rest more and you're like already very lazy. And <laughs> that's not what we're trying to produce here, right? We're, we're, Sabbath rest has nothing to do with us being lazy. We should be hardworking and we should exude ourselves, exert ourselves in, in great things that God has gifted us with. And that's great. Um, so there's that. And also the other thing is when we're talking about Sabbath today, please understand that we're not just talking about the, the very legalistic sense of, you know, uh, in the Jewish context, it used to be Saturday. In the most more Christian context, it's been Sundays, right? The Lord's Day. Like Dave pointed out, many of our staff were working. It's not a secret <laughs> when I'm <laughs> preaching and when I'm doing some work. And also a lot of people work on Sundays. I get that, right? Police officers and nurses and doctors uh, that, that need 24-7 care around our emergency rooms and others. Obviously, we have that too. So we, we're not condemning anyone who can't take that time off. But we could also have a different day off. This is how most of our staff do it. Um, we have a different day that we keep as a Sabbath. And also, if things happen, Jesus mentions this in, in Mark 2 and Genesis, uh, Mark Matthew 12. But if something happens, like if I have to do a funeral or if someone's losing their loved one and they really need some grief counseling at that moment, I'm not going to always say, hey, it's my Sabbath. I'm sorry, I'll call you back later. Um, we recognize there's, within reason, there's opportunity for us to be a little bit flexible. We totally recognize that. And Jesus um, taught us about that. Um, however, if we slip too much, as Jordan and Mary uh, pointed out, I think we can easily get trapped in this mindset of busyness and maybe serving ourselves and serving our culture uh, more than serving our God. And I think that is really important. Like Mary said, that rope, that string that ties us back, grounds us in, in what's really important. Mm -hmm. That's something that we do need. I think that's an interesting point that you make, though, that you also want to avoid the temptation of serving yourself more mm -hmm. than, you know, worshiping and honoring God during your Sabbath mm -hmm. time. Yes. Because mm -hmm. um, it'd be very easy to just say, I'm going to entertain myself or I'm going to go do some adventures or whatever and say, okay, it wasn't working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I rested or I feel rested, but you didn't really make a connection with God. And that's sort of where that intentionality comes, yes. comes in. And that's probably, Jordan, like what you were saying is it does require a bit of, a little bit of discipline and a little bit of uh, rhythm to sort of get used to that as being a part of your normal you know, normal week. Yeah, definitely. The first week that me and Phil practiced Sabbath um, from Friday to Saturday, I, you know, turned off my work emails, everything. It was great. I was like stoked to try this out. I knew it was important. And then I found myself a couple hours later in my shower scrubbing the grout, just like working <laughs> away, being like, this is so awesome. I have time to scrub my grout now. And then realizing that I like just get exactly what you said, lost the intentionality. And though, you know, scrubbing grout is important, I wasn't <laughs> practicing, you know, being with Jesus. I was just using the time to 
scrub grow. Yeah, which I think brings us to a point where I think a lot of the listeners may wonder. So, what does Sabbath look like now? Mm-hmm. And because um, I know some Jewish friends, and also uh, my favorite camera store, B and H Photos, they're one of the largest camera stores in the world. They're in New York. When I went there, I wanted to visit them. Um, and on Saturday, so I, I walked out um, of our hotel and, and walked there and realized they were closed because they're owned by a Jewish family. So they, they're closed on sa- Saturday. So I'm like, oh, of course, of course they're closed on Saturday. I'll just go home and I'll order it online and I'll pick it up tomorrow. Nope. Even their online store is closed because they take Sabbath very seriously, even though no person would have to work because they, their online system is pretty much automated. Um, they're one of the largest online stores in the world. They have it really pat down. And yet even then as a philosophy and as a worldview, they decided we're going to shut it down. Between this hour and that hour, it's our Sabbath. No one even gets to order. And you, you can argue, how much money are they risking losing to keep this Sabbath? And they're quite serious about it. So for us, though, um, we're not talking perhaps of the Jewish way of keeping it, like the Sabbath elevator or not walking a certain distance. So what does Sabbath look like to us and what kind of elements are required? Um, Jordan, do you want to briefly explain how you keep the Sabbath and what's important to you? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, once again, uh, I think rhythm is important. Uh, and, you know, there, there can be changes in that rhythm. So depending on what your week looks like. Uh, and I think one of the things, and this is probably part of the reason why Sabbath is harder <laughs> to practice today, because um, we don't have to be legalistic about it, right? The, the key thing, I think, to keep in mind is, are you doing something that's intentionally centering yourself on Jesus and resting in him? Uh, our guys' Bible study had a really interesting conversation about this. You know, some of the guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Sabbath, Saturday, we hang out with the kids, we watch some Netflix, and then we were like, wait a second, where's God in there, right? And, and so... So, and I, and I think that's really the key. So if you're listening and you're wondering, oh, you know, I, I kind of need to start somewhere. Um, it can be really small, you know, like the Watch way that the chosen on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, you know, like one of the ways I think Jesus really redefines Sabbath is himself. Yes. <laughs> right. And guess what? If you're a believer, you have him, you are abiding in him. So you can actually Sabbath at any point in time. Uh, so when we're talking about rhythm, once again, that's more helpful for us. Uh, but if it, if you need to start with an hour where once a week you're setting aside a, an hour where you're just going to enjoy God, rest in him, you know, if you like nature, go for a hike, mm-hmm. make it a prayer hike. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can enjoy relationship with God and rest in him. Yes. Uh, so, you know, typically for me, uh, I'll usually try to have a Friday and Saturday kind of a, depending on what's happening in the church. And so for me, Friday has become a natural time to, to take Sabbath. Uh, my wife is a teacher, so she'll t- typically work on Fridays. So it's kind of a, a personal type Sabbath with me and God. Um, Saturdays, me and my wife might take some time as well. Uh, but typically that's kind of the rhythm that I have. And so, Paul, going back to what you said, you know, if a funeral memorial, if somebody mm-hmm. calls me up for coffee, well, I'm going to do that because I'll be intentional with crafting and carving time out for me and God on those days. And I've gone into a good rhythm now where I'm fairly disciplined with, with yeah. taking that. So Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I, I look at Sabbath and go, sometimes people make it work and not fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm going to hunker down and I'm going to read scripture for four hours. And yet I'm not a reader. That um, sounds fun to me. 
Um, and it does actually. It, it, you're a reader. I know that because I see you read and in, in the sun in the summer and the on the grass mm-hmm. outside of the church. But for some of you who may not be readers, maybe that's not the best way to do it. Um, so I think we have to find the way that God has created us within reason. Obviously, you can't just be free for all. But um, for some, it might be uh, cooking because cooking brings you joy and delight. It's actually like a huge passion and hobby of delighting in God's creation. And for others, maybe cooking isn't the best way to do it because that's just a chore for you. So I think it's dependent on how how you're wired in that sense. For me, I think it has to involve, like Jordan said, an intimate time of prayer and contemplating on God. So for me, reading is actually one of those ways. So delving into the Word of God deeply, um, spending significant time in prayer. But also, I like to make it fun. So like Jordan said, um, I think if you like to go on drives with your family and, and you're praying through that, or if you're going for walks and praying through that, I think it has to be an element of your enjoyment and resting, and but you're also including God as the centerpiece of it all. But for me, I also think the delight part has to be a huge part of the equation here. Um, so if you do like the outdoors, um, go and enjoy that. Go and have delight in the part of the rest that you have. Um, so I think Sabbath might look different for all of us. Dave, so what would a ideal Sabbath look like for you and Jeanette at home? Or it might even look different from you to Jeanette. <laughs> um, yeah, like I find for myself, particularly when the weather is good, is I love going for a bike ride. I have a mm. specific mm. playlist um, that I like to use for those times, like especially like on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I just find I can, you know, I contemplate, you know, on God and I, you know, think about certain things. And it, for me, it's just a, yeah, like a time of engagement and a time of uh, giving things over and a time of uh, being renewed. And like those, it's, it doesn't have to be a really long time, but I've always found it to be a very... <clears throat> A very enjoyable time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening and you want to dig deeper into this idea of Sabbath theologically, but also practically for yourself, um, like Pastor Jordan said earlier, there's lots of um, areas in the Bible that you can turn to. Um, there's lots of resources on the internet, but of course you got to be careful, uh, make sure you have your critical thinking caps on, but also there's lots of books too. So if you want any book recommendations, you can email us. We can send you some uh, titles that you can read and research your own way of doing Sabbath there in a biblical way. Um, but also I wanted to transition our conversation for practically at South Delta Baptist. Baptist Church, how we're endorsing these opportunities to keep Sabbath in in our rhythm. So I wanted to introduce an idea that we had as a board um, and as a leadership team. Um, So next year in 2022, um, the board has agreed to give uh, me, graciously, to give me a a study leave from May and June. So I've been working on my master's degree for, I don't know, maybe 10 years. (laughs) Uh, And because of the nature of the fact that life happens and I'm in full-time ministry and also I have a beautiful family that God's gifted me. Um, It wasn't easy for me to really power through the courses other than taking one course at a time and hence why it's been quite slow. Um, But school is really what causes me to lose my opportunity for Sabbath oftentimes because when I'm done the work-related stuff during the week and when I've done uh, serving my family and spending beautiful time with them, oftentimes I got lots of papers to write, lots of school materials to go through. Um, even this week, actually, I'm writing two papers that are due this Saturday. So I'm like, oh, I got to pump those out. So at some point, school is awesome. I'm a professional student. I love it. And at the same time, it does become a burden too. So the board has uh, agreed to give me a study leave for eight weeks in the summer, May and June. That's the summer semester for Trinity there. And I get to take um, those 
eight or nine weeks off from my work at church so that I can go hard at the school so I can finish four subjects or so all at once. And if I finish those four courses, I'm almost done. I have one more semester in the fall in 2022 and I should be completing my degree. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, super excited about it. Now, May and June isn't gonna be any easier for me. It's gonna be probably more work because I gotta really hunker down and do school. However, that allows me the freedom to enjoy my family and better work-life balance uh, for the rest of the year and for the rest of the many years to come. I do intend to do more schooling. I, I honestly think if I have the opportunity, I'll probably do my doctorate as well, but that, that will have to wait. Uh, again, these rhythms of rest and enjoying family, enjoying church relationships, uh, my work, uh, I, I take that seriously and I'm so happy because our board uh, supports me personally, but our, our team, uh, in general, in, in pursuing that balance and a healthy work relationship. So I'm really thankful to be able to participate in this uh, study leave and really, really uh, grateful for this opportunity. Um, but then if this was the only thing, you guys might be like, oh, okay, cool. So I guess Pastor Paul might not be around for a little bit in May and June. You'll still see me around town, but maybe not at work. Um, but then also, Pastor Jordan is also due for his sabbatical next year. He's served faithfully for seven years. It, um, he's coming to finishing his seventh year in November this year, actually. And on the eighth year... Um, it's okay, I celebrated by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the eighth year, we um, in, in his job contract, actually, we've offered him an opportunity for the Sabbath, of course, uh, pending the board approval. And the board was happy to approve this. So Pastor Jordan will be going on his sabbatical for three months from July, August, and September. So that'll be the three months. So... Jordan and I won't be going off at the same time, so one of us will always be here working. Um, however, when I come back, we'll have a couple weeks of uh, crossover, and then Pastor Jordan will be going off on his sabbatical. So, Dave, as the board chair of our church, um, do you want to say something to our leaves and kind of for our listeners to have better context of what this is? Yeah, and um, certainly for uh, your time off to finish your schooling, um, in the background of it is basically it's a it was always part of the plan it was to give you a certain number of days every year for schooling it just worked out that to your point sort of the rhythm of you know your work relationship with the church it just made it easier to compress all those days into one set block study hard you know for the two months and then you're very close to being finishing and then to your point it then becomes much easier to build in a much more a uh, normal, well-balanced work-home-life balance going forward. So mm -hmm. for the years to come, we'll all be reaping the benefits of that. Um, so that part is um, very good. And, you know, for Jordan, you know, the idea of having a sabbatical to sort of have a longer period of time of more true refreshment, um, but also, if I understand correctly, part of the time that Jordan's going to... Um, be off on a sabbatical is also to, um, for him to initiate some further education. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I'm uh, I'm considering botany, <laughs> and I hear Hawaii has a lot of fascinating plants, botany, botany plants to study. <laughs> so I'm sure during this time, this time of uh, refreshing, the Lord will put on your heart where where, where you may want to 
engage in studying further. Yeah. And we're, we're happy to participate to f help facilitate that mm -hmm. initiation because I know we've talked about it for several years and perhaps this is what we've always needed. It's just a window for that to... Mm -hmm. To take place in yeah my and my plan is to yeah resume my my master studies uh northwest so that's mm -hmm. that's the the plan yeah and then so the other piece from a board's perspective is um the back-to-back -back studies yeah um is a little daunting um so when paul and i first started talking about it back in the spring um sort of my first ask was can you put together a detailed plan of who's going to cover what mm -hmm. and that we know that we're taking somebody out of the natural workflow that work needs to be picked up by somebody yes. and i just figured if we have a very detailed plan at the front end then one we can give the rest of the board the confidence to say there's a plan in place we mm -hmm. know who's going to be doing what therefore we can you know confidently approve this mm -hmm. um, so from a congregational standpoint understand that yes you know two pastors are you know combined going to take you know four or five months off um but there is a plan for each week that we'll know who is going to be doing what and that there's also the continuity of at least one of you always yes. being mm -hmm. present yeah and i think what allows us to do this is first of all we have a very very supportive board i feel very supported jordan and i and all our whole team at staff we feel very well supported by the board, so that allows us to even dream about such leaves. Uh, secondly, we have a very competent and highly skilled team of staff, which also allows us to take advantage of this. Um, not every church does this. Um, a lot of churches do, um, but not every church does it. You don't need to do it. It's actually great for the long-term health. Um, burnout has become a huge issue in the last few decades among pastors and stuff. So things like this actually offer us an opportunity not not just to not burn out and have good rest, but also to really refresh our own spiritual formation. Because you have to understand we're, we're humans and we're not just robots that are doing, you know, outputting spiritual things like sermons and counseling. Um, we also need a time to recharge and refresh ourselves. So I think it becomes uh, an opportunity for us to be like, okay, we've been serving the other families in our church, but now we get to also look within ourselves, have a time of reflection, an elongated time to spend, especially for Jordan as he goes on sabbatical, um, serving his own family, enjoying what God has given him. So I think this is a great opportunity for us, both me on my study leave and for Pastor Jordan on his sabbatical. Very thankful for it. Very thankful for the team that we have on the board, on staff, and our lay people that allow us to even go on these leaves in the first place. So very, very thankful. Um, Jordan, do you want to say anything um, regarding your your sabbatical coming up next year? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be a, a great time, especially because it does overlap my wife being on her um, uh, maternity leave. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, it'll be, you know, an ideal time, especially over the course of the summer. Uh, but that being said, though, uh, I do look forward to resuming uh, my education. Uh, so, you know, just reflecting on the last seven years of pastoral ministry, it's been interesting. I think almost it's either every year or a year and a half, my job role changes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's been been an exciting uh, seven years. Um, but uh, yeah, no, looking forward to it uh, and yeah, spending time with God, spending time with family. Uh, spending time further, furthering my own development um, in order to once again uh, fuel 
whatever is on the horizon. Yeah, the next so, season. Yeah, yes, exactly. For sure. it's, it's that idea of not resting from work, but resting for work. Yeah, and I think that's important for our church to hear too. So if you're listening now and you're going like, oh no, this pastor's going on sabbatical and a lot of times pastors quit after their sabbaticals. Um, I, I don't think that will be the case with Pastor Jordan. I'm pretty sure he'll stay with us. He's excited, as far as I know, to continue to serve here at STBC. Same with me. You have to remember that we're both very young um, as pastors, and we have hopefully a long career ahead of us. And we want to prepare ourselves for the long service duty that we have and the privilege that we have. So we don't want to run so fast and all out now to, to be burned out or to really not want to continue for a long term. I think this actually sets us up to be, hopefully, if we're continuing to be called here, that we can have a longer opportunity here because we do things like this. Um, there's tons of studies psychologically and even like companies have done studies on how things like this actually helps the organization at large. Um, obviously, we talked about the biblical concept of uh, Sabbath, but God created us to to be this way, to need rest and to need these rhythms. So if an organization like South Delta Baptist Church is in a privileged position to offer our pastors these things, I think that's gonna be extremely healthy for the long-term health of our church. So I'm looking forward to the study leave and Pastor Jordan's uh, sabbatical. And when we come back, we'll be refreshed, we'll be focused, uh, we'll be recalibrated once again to really go hard at the mission of God that he has called us to. And we look very much forward to that next year. I know that COVID has been very unexpected and difficult for us as a church in the last couple of years. Um, but coming out of it, I do see great, great momentum heading into 2022. I, I cannot express my excitement enough on what God is doing in our lives, even through the hardest of times. God is making things new. God is calling people to himself. God is growing us as a church and as a family. And, and I'm so excited and thankful for that. So this part of 2022, um, where you won't see me for a few weeks and you won't see Pastor Jordan for a couple of months, um, this won't be time lost. This will be time that is in God's hand. Again, Sabbath is about practicing our trust in God and saying, you know what? It's not our pastor's skills. It's not the personnel that we have. At, it, at the end of the day, it's God who holds us. And if we trust in him, when we trust in him, he'll continue to lead us and he'll continue to guide us. Um, I know for a fact that it's not because of me that South Delta has been blessed. It's despite me and it's because of God's grace alone that we are um, enjoying God's blessing and favor. So let's continue, church, to lean into that in our personal lives. I hope you're inspired by this uh, podcast, that you would be inspired to look into Sabbath more, but also corporately as a church, as we look forward to what's coming next year. Let's look at it with excitement. I know I know, this is like where we're wrapping up the podcast, <laughs> but even what you just said is a further reflection of Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Like we Sabbath because it's it takes things off of us you know, the things that we can do. And it forces us to look to God and realize we're dependent on him. We need him. It's him working in and through us. And it's only by him that we're going to be able to accomplish whatever it is he's called us to. Like that's a perfect way to really view Sabbath. Yes. And on that bombshell, we will close this episode. Thank you for joining us. Go and Sabbath now. Okay. And if you want to sound cooler, go and Shabbat. And make sure you enjoy God, enjoy the rest, delight in him, delight in his creation. Go with God, and we hope that this has inspired you to really take that seriously. 